Welcome back to the Almost Shameless Podcast with Tanya Ray Fox. I am your host, Tanya Ray Fox. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate all of the new listeners and followers on the podcast and YouTube and everywhere else you've been listening and watching. Um, I've been noticing it. I've, I'm really, really grateful. It's been so nice to be a part of the CLNS family. And I feel like things have been going great. And now that we're approaching the NFL season, things have been ramping up. Football talk is always, you know, my bread and butter. It is for a lot of us. I know it is for you guys too, as listeners. So thank you for letting me be a part of that discussion with you. You know, if you listen, um, even if you're a new listener, I try to keep things as lighthearted as possible to start the show and to end the show. And I'm hoping we can have a fun discussion at the end of the show. I have some things on my mind. Um, about some sports you should be watching, one sport in particular that I really want to convince you to kind of add to your repertoire of fall sports viewing later. But I don't feel it's appropriate to head into this first topic with a big, long intro of uh, just small talk, which sometimes I like to do just to ease in. But today, I think it's important we get right to the heart of my main topic for the show. This is going to be a one-topic show because it's something that's been weighing on me. And it's something that I think that's weighing on a lot of other Patriots fans, NFL fans, and even other media. And not just media in Boston. Actually, it's you know more national media. I, you know that on this show, a part of what I do is media criticism and I am in the media and I am, you know, a podcaster and a, you know, a news editor for Fox sports. And so I'm in the belly of the beast. And so I don't ever want to sound hypocritical, but I think that media critiquing media is part of the process. We have to understand what's happening in our ranks and how we're handling these things in order to make things better and progress as an industry. And so fans, of course, always have the right to weigh in on that stuff, but we should be weighing in on each other as well. And I try to do that as diplomatically as possible, understanding that we are all going to make mistakes. We're all going to say things. We're all going to write things. We're all going to just get things wrong. We're going to have bad takes. We're going to have to own them. Having said that, I don't want to make it a habit of dedicating an entire discussion to one person's um, bad comments. But in this particular situation, I kind of can't ignore it. It's been weighing really heavy on my mind all morning. And there's nothing else I really feel comfortable talking about for this episode, especially as we head into the final uh, week of preseason and the Patriots are going to have their final preseason game after everything that's happened with the team and Cam Newton's COVID delays and all that stuff. It's been the biggest topic uh, in Boston, but also one of the biggest topics nationally about what's going on with the quarterback position in general, but also um, what was going on with Cam Newton and the COVID delay. So I'm going to just get into this and I'm sure you guys know what I'm going to talk about. Just a warning. I don't want to play any audio or anything like that, obviously, but something that has been being discussed all day are comments that Scott Zolak made on the Sports Hub regarding Cam Newton at practice. And this is something that I can't ignore or let go because his comments and his perception of Cam Newton 
are a reflection of a specific viewpoint. And it, he, he is a mouthpiece for it. And of course, he is the sole person responsible for expressing it. But it is not a viewpoint that has that is completely unprecedented. It is not, he's not the first person to make these types of comments. And his comments are more reflective of the fan base and the area than I think people would even like, right? He is one of the members of the media that is most closely associated with the team outside of actual team media. Calls games, they are flagship station for the Patriots. He is a former Patriots quarterback and thus the responsibility that he bears with his words is extremely high. And what he said about Cam and then also Mac in comparison to Cam on his show on the Sports Hub warrants a more in-depth conversation. So we're going to have it because I can't in all good conscience talk about football today as if there aren't racist microaggressions happening around this conversation every single day. And this just happens to me be the most overt by a person in a position to have their voice heard as a former NFL quarterback and a, a, a very high profile member of the media. Now, unfortunately, I can't relate to you what's going on without reading you the actual quotes of what he said on the radio. So in order to have the conversation around it, we can't act like these words weren't said. So obviously there's audio of this um, and that's available online, but I will read the quotes um, for the sake of this podcast. In speaking about Cam at training camp, he said, I'd, I'd turn off the rap music first of all, because I think it's distracting for Cam here because in between every throw he's dancing. He can't help himself to where Mac looks like he came to work again. Like he's here to work and everything's attention to detail. It's nothing different. First of all, it goes without saying that quarterbacks dancing to music in between reps and in between plays and everything else at training camps, practice, whatever else is nothing new. Pretty much every single quarterback in the league does it. We've seen videos of everybody, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, everybody does this. This is nothing new. If you've been to, if you've seen training camp, if you've been to training camp, if you've seen videos come out of it, we, I mean, Baker Mayfield, we've seen all that everybody's, everybody dances. There's video of Gerard Mayo dancing during OTAs with the team as a coach. So this is nothing new. So again, this is a bit of a dog whistle, right? This is Scott Zolak doesn't like Cam Newton as a starter, doesn't like Cam Newton as a player. And so he's finding a way to criticize him, especially after he came out and outplayed Mac in the practice before, after he was back from his COVID uh, delay. Now, during his COVID delay, the conversation elevated to, you know, if he can't stay on the field and if he's going to have these issues because he refuses to get vaccinated, isn't this an issue? And that is a completely separate conversation from what we're talking about here. I agree that being unvaccinated is a, makes any player a liability because of these little things that can pop up. Um, the team has reiterated, Belichick has reiterated that, that Cam Newton did not break team protocols or do anything wrong in, in their eyes, but league protocols said that he had to sit out longer than they had planned. Mac had a great practice the day before Cam came back. Cam came back, had a better practice than Mac. And I think it set people back once again, because we're on this roller coaster where every single day we have to make a decision on which one is better. 
And there is a lot, an inordinate number of people in the media who, for whatever reason, are rubbed wrong by the idea of cam starting. In my opinion, as I've said in previous videos, it's because they don't watch enough football. They haven't watched enough of the game outside of New England to really understand this. But in Scott Zolak's case, I don't know what his issue is. However, this looking for a reason to diminish Cam through the basic act of dancing and then adding to it that it was rap music is flat out a racist microaggression. It just is. Now, there's a big difference between calling somebody a racist and saying that they've done a racist thing. I'm not here to litigate that. I don't know Scott Zolak. All I know is that he said a racist thing on air and it reflects an idea that people have had about Cam Newton for a long time that he has continued to deal with and that he has continued to deal with since he's been with the Patriots. This idea that he doesn't act a certain way that they want to see and he doesn't reflect a certain type of quarterback mentality that they're used to that they want to see. And he's not the only one. There have been columns written, a premier columnist and beat reporter for the Patriots tweeted yesterday that Cam is not an, an NFL level thrower which is patently absurd because he's been an NFL thrower of the football for a decade. And his last two full seasons, he's had a completion percentage above 65%, 67 in point something in 2018 and 65 point something last season. So he is an NFL level thrower because nobody who goes into the, goes into an NFL game and can consistently throw the ball with that level of a completion percentage isn't an NFL level thrower. This is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with, right? We're dealing with people who think that they are smarter than the league that has employed and elevated Cam into a superstar for a decade. So again, when I say when I say this, I'm saying Scott Zolak is reflecting an idea that's out there about Cam, but he was the one who said it. He's the former Patriots quarterback who covers the team. He's the former NFL quarterback who covers the team. He's the guy whose voice you hear on local broadcasts. For him to come out and make this comparison between Mac and Cam, this character judgment, when every single player on the team, every coach, every trainer has said that Cam Newton's attitude, his leadership, his work has been exceptional since he landed with the Patriots. There are no reports coming out of that team, and there haven't been, that Cam Newton doesn't put in the work, that he doesn't take his job seriously, or that he is distracting team teammates or players or that he is anything but an exceptional teammate and leader. And that's a reputation that he had as a teammate and as a leader prior to landing in, in New England. So this is nothing new. There is no evidence whatsoever that Cam has ever distracted his himself or his teammates in these football settings. The media is distracted by Cam Newton. He doesn't look and act like the quarterback that was here for 20 years. And Mac resembles it a little bit more. And so that's that's where their comfort level's at, right? He looks more like that kind of passer. He looks like more like that kind of player. But one has been an NFL success for a decade, and one is a rookie who's been in the NFL for four months and has not played a game. So how do you compare the two in earnest? If you really want to make the case for Mac and you have a cynical view of Cam Newton the player, Cam Newton the guy, you find ways to attack character with absolutely no evidence that it exists. That, bringing up dancing and rap music when you're talking about a black quarterback, A plus B equals C here. There's no deduction to be done. Everybody knows what he meant. And then for him to parlay that directly into 
praising Mac Jones for being a different type of guy is outright prejudice. I am not here to tell you you have to love Cam Newton as a quarterback, but you can't draw false equivalencies like this. Saying things like Cam Newton is distracted by music, like he's a little child, is so inherently ridiculous that it can only be prejudice because it doesn't make any other sense. It doesn't make sense under any other context. So that's something you really have to keep in mind. Does this make any sense that a guy who has succeeded at every single level of football, he has succeeded in high school, he has succeeded in college, not just succeeded, but won two national championships and a Heisman trophy, then went into the NFL, became rookie offensive player of the year, then went on to become NFL MVP and play in a Super Bowl, then in the last two seasons has actually improved as a passer with his age to insinuate that that guy who has achieved at every single level is distracted by music on the field at training camp is, is malpractice as a media member. It's absolutely malpractice. Being born with the gift of physical size is where Cam Newton's luck begins and ends. There are plenty of large guys, big, physical, athletically gifted guys who've never done what Cam Newton has done with their careers. He's not lucky. He's talented and smart and knows what he's doing, and he's worked his ass off to do it. He hasn't just skated through. First of all, he's a Black man in America. So let's just start there. He was a Black child in America, and then he became a Black man in America. So right there, the adversity begins. And that's before you take into account that he doesn't look like the average NFL player. He does run more. He, he is a more physical threat on the ground in the passing era of the NFL. And he had to prove himself over and over again. And he continues to prove himself over and over again. And he comes into the Patriots after Tom Brady leaves in the middle of a pandemic and does absolutely everything he can do with one of the NFL's worst receiving cores. They go seven and nine. The greatest coach of all time continues to show faith in this quarterback, continues to have his back. And you ignore all the evidence, all of the things that the coaches have said, everything that everyone on the team has said, everything that he's shown to come up with some bullshit about him being distracted by rap music. You had to put the rap in there. We all know what that means. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. That's promo code NFL100. We have 
to stop acting like this stuff isn't outright stupid. Let Set the morality of it and the racism of it aside. It makes you a horrible NFL analyst. You're not giving us any real information because if you were, you would understand, you would get on the mic and say, regardless of how this looks to me, this guy has succeeded at every level of this game and his personality and his leadership has brought him to where he is and he continues to get the support of the people around him. So they're seeing something I'm not seeing and that's okay. You're, you're doing a bad job. You're, you're bad at your job at this point. I don't want anyone canceled or fired. I want these people to start having conversations with uh, people with other opinions and people with other life experiences and, and people who've played meaningful football in the last 20 years or ever, because this isn't just about the offensiveness and believe me, it's offensive. It's about the constant disservice. These types of comments and these types of media members are doing to the teams, the players, and most specifically their listeners, their watchers, and their fans. It's misinformation at best, it's lies at worst. Then it's exhausting to watch. Not only is this unfair to Cam Newton, it's incredibly unfair to Mac Jones. You know, Mac is set up to be the future of this franchise. And he has made it very clear that he looks up to Cam Newton, considers Cam Newton a mentor, and that they have a good working relationship. Trying to get in between that, creating this divide, does nothing for Mac Jones. He, it, it, it is a privilege, and almost anybody in the NFL will tell you it would be a privilege to learn about the NFL behind someone who's as experienced and as well-liked as Cam Newton. So what are you trying to do? by creating this divide. You're not setting Mac up for success by telling him not to trust or follow Cam Newton's lead. You want him to not follow the lead of a guy who probably has a Hall of Fame argument? There are three players in the NFL with a completion percentage over 60 who've also rushed for 4,000 or more yards in their career. Three, Steve Young, Russell Wilson, and Cam Newton. The other two are Hall of Famers. One's already in. The next one will be in when the time comes. So what are you so worried about? Why do you think Mac Jones knows more about how to handle himself on a football field than Cam Newton? What is it about Cam that makes you think that? What is it about his increasing completion percentage since the 2018 season that makes you think he can't throw the football? What is it about last year's receiving core that makes you think he was set up for success? What is it about the lack of using the run game in the training camp and preseason makes you think we've even seen what, everything we're going to see from Cam Newton before the NFL season starts? Explain yourself because there, none of this makes any sense. If Mac Jones starts because Cam Newton has created a liability for himself by being unvaccinated, I am more than okay with that. I, I'm also on record as saying, and I will maintain this, that I think the team will win fewer games and be less successful. But if it comes down to sticking to the principles about keeping players healthy and safe, then I am perfectly fine with Mac Jones, if he is vaccinated, starting over the unvaccinated player, if that's the, if that's the standard we're going to set. I am pro-vaccination and I want people to stay safe. But this is a separate conversation. People like Scott Zolak are lying to you 
and they are manipulating you and they're manipulating your inherent biases. We all have them. We've grown up in an institutionally racist country. So we all have these things floating in the back of our head and being anti-racist means actively resisting the things that we've been taught and told that have been ingrained to us through, a, through every aspect of society. When you say this kind of stuff to listeners, you're asking them to go on that journey with you. You're asking them to judge the rap music. You're asking them to judge the black man dancing. You're asking them to look at the white guy who's composed and, and compare the two. And that's not an exaggeration. That's exactly what he said. I am not sitting here telling you I don't have the privilege of being white in the media, because I do. I also have the privilege of being white in the world, which is even more potent, which is why it's also important that I tell you right now that this is not okay. As a woman in media, I certainly understand what it's like to deal with microaggressions every single day, what it's like to see sexist and misogynist things in my comments and my DMs every single day, what it's like to have trolls asking me where my only fan page is, knowing full well what the implication is there. I know what it's like to walk into a production meeting full of men and not be taken seriously or be told I was too loud and I was talking the same way everybody else was or to be told that I'm too brash because I spoke up like a normal fucking person. I know what those microaggressions feel like every single day. And that is on such an infinitesimal level compared to what Cam Newton has dealt with as a black man and then a black man in the NFL. And as he's grown up and gotten older and found a place for himself in the league, he has handled it with increasing uh, grace and maturity. He's not perfect. He's made mistakes. I've called him out in the past, but he's continued to grow despite all that, all the time. Sometimes football is more than just how someone composes themselves in the pocket. Football is also about how we talk about people, how we treat people, how society infiltrates the sport. This is not the 1980s and the 1990s anymore. Quarterbacks come in different shapes, sizes, and styles. If you think Mac Jones is the better football player, okay. I don't know how you can think that a rookie coming out of one full season as a starter during a pandemic on one of the greatest, if not the greatest dynasty in college football, how you could possibly say so confidently that he's a better quarterback than someone who's been an NFL quarterback for a decade successfully, but okay, you have a right to your bad opinion. Well, you, you got a right, whatever, but you don't get to do this. You don't get to say he's a better leader because he handles himself differently on the field than you would, or than Tom Brady would, especially, especially when everyone from that team has told you, we love the energy Cam Newton brings. We love his leadership. You are now just ignoring facts so that you can spout bullshit and it's not okay. Sometimes we need to take a step back and look at the patterns of conversation around players. You don't have to want Cam Newton to start but you do have to respect, you have to respect Cam Newton as an NFL player, an NFL passer, an NFL runner, and an NFL leader. You have to. If you don't, you do not respect the game of football. And I will leave it at that. Shall we? Deep breath. Okay. 
before we go, I know it's a little bit of an awkward transition, but I have something I want to talk to you guys about. Don't sign off. I want to talk to you about soccer. I want to talk to you about soccer and I don't even want to talk to you about American soccer. I want to talk to you about Premier League soccer. Ye old England. Cristiano Ronaldo notably uh, made his name for himself as a young pup on Manchester United and then went on to greater things with Real Madrid and playing for the national team for Portugal and landing with Juventus. And today it has been reported that Cristiano Ronaldo is returning to Manchester United. And this is after Lionel Messi notably left Barcelona and landed with Paris Saint-Germain. So the two greatest soccer players alive are on two new teams, but one is returning home to their original team. And the Premier League is a, is a league that we can watch really easily in America. We have There's lots of TV rights and everything else. It's a, it's a league and a sport that you can follow really easily if you want to. And I'm telling you, now is the time. Not only because the most famous athlete in the world has just come back to the team they started their career with, but because the top tier talent in that league right now is as good as it's ever been. And soccer in England is as interesting as it's ever been. And I feel like if you've ever even had a little bit of curiosity about what the big deal is with soccer and you want to try to see high level, you know, really good competition with superstars now's the time to watch the premier league there are four to five teams in that league right now that like that could be any other team in the planet and there are stars from all over the world it's not just english players and i just really feel like nobody should miss out on the probably the greatest soccer player of our lifetime returning to the most famous football club in the world right I mean, even you guys, even if you don't watch soccer or know soccer, you know Manchester United. You remember David Beckham? <laughs> this is a, a premier all-time player, one of the most famous people in the world, playing for one of the most famous soccer teams in the world. And he has real competition in the league. I'm not going to sit here and break down all the ins and outs of this because I know that most of my listeners and followers aren't big soccer people. But I feel comfortable, you know, telling people this is the time to start getting into this because... So this league has just started back up. They're two, three games in, all the teams. Things are starting to come together on the season. You can get in now. There, I mean, you can you can really watch all of the premier teams play. If you have your Peacock subscriptions and your cable logins and whatever else, you're able to watch a lot of these games. The relegation and promotion of soccer in general is super fascinating. And I think people, it's like kind of on people's radar a little bit more these days because of Ted Lasso. And if you're like, a, if you're a Ted Lasso fan, you've seen kind of the cool ins and outs of how soccer works in the Premier League. And I feel like, hey, why not? If you're enjoying Ted Lasso and you like want more context about the show and, and you watch, like honestly watching soccer games and watching Premier League games will give you even more appreciation for the show itself. It gives you more context. You can enjoy the games and the show itself a little bit more. So I mean, that's, um, that's another reason to maybe get into it. I think we as a sports viewing American public are craving something new and exciting. We've been stuck at home. We've been dealing with pandemic. We've been dealing with all this stuff. And when is a better time than now to just add more, in, more sports interest to your repertoire? If you're from Boston, you know that Liverpool is owned by Fenway Sports Group. So you can, you know, that's a built-in team for you to root for if you want. 
they are an extremely good team and definitely a little underrated. They're on like the little bit of the outside of the big four right now, I feel like, um, but they're an elite premier team. They kind of had a 49ers level season last year where everyone was getting injured and they just couldn't put a healthy team together consistently across the season, but they're extremely talented and super fun to watch. So I don't root for Liverpool. However, I would endorse you rooting for Liverpool if that gets you interested. That's, I wanted to leave you with something maybe fun to look forward to. Something else to fill those uh, weekend days. And, you know, the more, listen, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I see how excited everybody is when there's something awesome to tweet about. And this just gives you another reason to be on line and engaging with people and having more sports to look forward to. And I never think that's a bad thing. And if anything, it will get, it will just give you another, another thing to enjoy in life. And I'm here to try to help you enjoy your life a little bit more and enjoy being a sports fan a little bit more. That's what I want. That's what I want from this podcast. It's what I want from being in media. I want you to enjoy sports. I want it to be fun. I want it to be a place that brings people together and doesn't tear us apart. So let's give it a shot. Uh, thank you guys for bearing with me today and listening. I hope, I genuinely hope that you come out of this with the desire to keep thinking about this stuff and looking at it from new perspectives. It's not easy stuff. And I'm not here um, to lecture any of you. That's not what I want. You know, I want us to just be better all together. And I want us to communicate better as media and fans. Like I, I want this to be a partnership and part of being a partnership when it comes to media and fans is being honest with each other and keeping our biases and our prejudices out of the equation as often as we possibly can. So I just, I'm just trying to do that today. I, I'm not perfect. I probably didn't nail it, but I appreciate you guys sticking with me and listening. So thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you next week as we get ready for week one of the NFL season. All right. Thanks again. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye.